Frank Buckley. Today it's a conversation with an actor whose work you've seen on the big screen and on TV. These days he's starring in the hit comedy The Unicorn on CBS. Walton Goggins is the unicorn, and since season one of the show just dropped on Netflix this month, we thought it'd be fun to revisit our conversation with Walton from September of last year. Walton's work in The Unicorn is just one of many roles that have garnered attention and praise. He worked with Steven Spielberg on Lincoln, Quentin Tarantino on Django Unchained, and The Hateful Eight. On TV, you've seen him in The Righteous Gemstones and Deep State, and as a star of The Shield, Sons of Anarchy, and Justified, among others. And now on CBS and on Netflix in The Unicorn. Walton grew up in the Southeast, but I first met him here in L.A. some 18 or 19 years ago, just as his star was starting to rise. He'd starred in a short film called The Accountant that was up for an Oscar that ended up being the winner in the category of live-action short. So it was a real pleasure to meet up with him again, this time in the Arts District of downtown L.A., in the laid-back and cool space that's home to Mulholland Distilling, Walton is a partner in the business with his friend and founder, Matthew Alper. As you're about to learn, Walton is a thoughtful guy who puts in the work and is reaping the rewards. Here's my conversation with Walton Goggins. Walton, it is great to have you on the program and here in this wonderful space. (laughs) Mulholland Distilling. Mulholland Distilling, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is our our tasting room downtown. It's kind of like a a, a private kind of... uh, uh, space that, that we created to kind of show who we are for, for our clients and for our friends or yeah. friends of friends who, uh, who need a space to kind of talk about things. Well, we, we will get deep into that. So we're going to talk about things. <laughs> we're going to talk about all sorts of things. <laughs> we're going to get into Mulholland Distilling in a minute. Yeah. But first of all, congratulations on everything. Thank I you. first met you 2001? Yeah, this was, uh, it would have been almost 19 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And to see everything that you have accomplished since, and I met you when you were doing the short film, The Accountant, yeah. for which you won an Academy Award. Yep, yep, with my partners, um, yep. And, and to see everything you've done since is just remarkable, and for a fan, it has been a wonderful ride. Thank you, man. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you very much for saying, you know, there's not a day that goes by that that I don't wake up with an extraordinary amount of gratitude, you know, really. And, uh, you know, I've been here in this city, in Los Angeles, for almost 30 years. And, um, and, and I think about the things that have transpired in my life, personally and professionally, over all of that time. And, um, and, and sometimes I, I can't believe it. You know, yeah. I, I, you know as, as you know, you do press junkets, right? And, right. and different, in different cities, but they're, you know, similar kind of hotels. and. Uh, and I've done a number of press junkets here in, in Los Angeles at at, um, uh, at, at, a, at a hotel in, in West Hollywood. And you look out, you know, you're on the balcony and the little bitty breaks that you have. And you look out and you go, oh, my word, wow, that happened to me on that street. Oh, that was there. I'm, I'm, I was that happened on that street. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm driving to I'm driving my son to school, like on Sunset Boulevard. And like now that's happening. Yeah. Know, right. I mean, that's like a life in a city that you didn't plan, and all of a sudden you look up and say, wow, wow, I don't know how I got here, but I'm grateful for it. And to a guy who, on paper, mm. it shouldn't have happened to. Growing up in yeah. Lithia Springs, Georgia, yeah. born in Alabama, mm. um, and you've talked about the fact that you grew up without a lot of structure. I did. In that, in that yeah. household. Talk yeah. to me about that, and how you went from there 
to hear we'll get to but yeah. talk to me about how it all started yeah well you know I mean uh, we were you know we, we didn't have a lot you know growing up and uh, and as, as fate would kind of have it for my, my mother and um, and her three sisters and, and my grandmother uh, my, my mother lost her father when, when she was 14 years old and um, and they had a, a house in Warm Springs Georgia and a fire consumed their house and uh, ostensibly er erased their identity. You know, mm -hmm. everything was tied up kind of in, in this house and their story. Uh, and there was evidence of that story. Mm. Um, and, and all of that uh, was taken uh, with this fire. And and there was a, like a diaspora, if you will, of the Long girls. That's my mother's last name, Janet Long. And and they all kind of moved to Atlanta um, and just tried to, to start over, you know, and, and find their way. and. And my mother wasn't that young. It was a different time, but you know she was 23 when when I was born, and uh, my parents were divorced when when I was three, and my dad had to go do his thing, and so it was really you know my mom and and her sisters, and this crazy group of you know southern hippies, you know that, that raised me, yeah. and uh, and it was uh, it was unconventional to say to say the least. You know it was really. Uh, you know, uh, my, my mother was a, like an island. Our little family was an island of independent kind of uh, uh, metaphysical thought in an otherwise kind of conservative mm -hmm. Southern Baptist sea. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I sat outside of sweat lodges uh, with my mom and my sister, <laughs> or and her sisters, uh, you know, on, on the weekends in Decatur, Georgia, and went to Bible camp, you know, during the week. It was... Uh, it was mind expanding to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> mind expanding. Yeah, but I, but I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what structure structure is like, other than the structure that we give our our child. Mm -hmm. But but for me, I think it was being exposed to to so many different ideas, and and, and I literally never slept in the same bed uh, for more than five days at a time until I was fourteen years old. Mm. You know, uh, it was just between. You know, uh, babysitters or friends or you know my my grandparents, um, and and then obviously obviously my house. So I, I never really knew structure, but that was my structure. Yeah, change was was my structure, and that's that's still in some ways what I'm most comfortable with today. It's it's funny that that I've picked a career and. Have was, had the opportunity to do that. I was just yeah. going to say, I don't mean to be your therapist, but that's kind of... You are of, my therapist. Come on, Frank. <laughs> You're my therapist. This is therapy that, that's right now. That's kind of happening. what has happened. It, professionally, you yeah. you went into this into this world in which you are constantly on the move yeah. and sleeping in, you know, foreign capitals mm. and... Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know, as a, as, a, as a young man, young boy... Uh, being exposed to all of these different things and really I got to really see the world you know from I mean, I, we we had some friends that were, were wealthy you know and I, and I got to see a little bit of that world and I got to, to see what real poverty kind of looked like I mean you know we weren't that hungry but you know there were times when it was it was lean man you know and uh, but we were all right you know there was some heating issues and the house <laughs> got pretty cold you'd go to sleep with a, a glass of uh, water on your bed it was a cold winter uh, outside of Atlanta. That time you'd wake up and it was frozen, you oh, know. Man. And uh, and you had like butane heaters and and all of that. But you you had a real appreciation, you know, for for what 
the way that the world worked. Yeah. And and all I ever wanted to do in my life really was to expand upon that definition and and to keep adding stories or sentences to that definition. Mm. All I ever wanted to do mm. was see the world really yeah. beyond my little little place in it in, in Lithia Springs, Georgia. You know, it's interesting because as we're having this conversation, the same thoughtful guy that I met 18 or 19 years ago, mm. obviously still here, and I and I wondered back then, where does that this come from with this young actor who, you know, most actors, what's my next job, yeah. right? And they're yeah. just, th that's all they're thinking about. Even yeah. then, mm. when we first met, you were thoughtful in this way. You were thinking about the world around you, and you were curious about what I did, mm. and curious about people around you. Mm -hmm. And I always wondered where that came from, and it, it sounds like it comes from I don't the way you grew up. Yeah, I think, I think so. You know, I don't know if it's nature or nurture, but I... Yeah, I do. I do think it's. I do think it's nurture. You know, I, I, people measure success in so many different ways, really. And and for me, uh, you know, we never put more than between three and five dollars in the gas tank. Like that was the thing we were scrounging for change. You know, it was like look at looking at you got who's got some change. Who's got, you know? Yeah. And uh, and and so uh, I'll never forget the first time I realized that, and I can fill up my tank. I can fill up my tank and not even think about it. You know, and so if you're, I guess if you're lucky, because I think it's a life well lived uh, for those that are able to kind of reflect on where they've, where they've come from and, uh, and just be grateful for all of it. The rest of it is just kind of easy, you know, and, yeah. um, and I've always, in some ways it's really kind of selfish, you know, my interest in other people because I, I get so much out of it. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I, now as I've gotten older, and as, as I've had the opportunity to have some pretty extraordinary experiences in some pretty far-flung places in the world, um, I feel like I'm, I'm able to kind of bring that back to my community. And that's, that's of real value to yeah. me. Yeah. I'm able to bring it back to my son and to my, to my wife, uh, to my community, and ultimately to my work. Um, and and um, I don't know how people uh, uh, work or write or paint or interview uh, uh, with an empty well, you know, I think you have to refill those coffers uh, continuously. Yeah. The movie roles, you've worked with Steven Spielberg in Lincoln, Quentin Tarantino, Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, mm. TV stuff, The Shield, Sons of Anarchy, Justified, Vice Principals, Rip Taggart in Six, I really enjoyed that, <laughs> Nathan Miller I'm enjoying right now, Deep State, yeah. Baby Billy Freeman, The Righteous Gemstones, yeah. I, and and now the unicorn, 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 the unicorn coming up on, on CBS. CBS. Yeah, based on the true life story of my friend Grady oh, Cooper, Grady friend of yours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is just an odd coincidence. Yeah, um, and you said about this role, the unicorn. You said it's closer to me than anything I've ever played. What do you mean by that? Well, I, you know, I, I've I've had the, I guess both the blessing and the and the curse of, uh, of more often than not being cast as the the villain. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I what I tried to do uh, when I, I thought the story could be serviced in this way uh, is is expand kind of uh, you know the, the definition of these people and to uh, really really understand them from the inside out and um, and to walk a mile in their shoes so that you know that there was a space for 
the audience to, to see the world from their point of view. Yeah, because you, know, you, really. you, you don't hate, I mean, you may hate the person yeah. as the viewer, yeah. but you, you embody that person with the humanity so that, I guess what, that I'll understand why he is the way he is. Well, I, you know, I, I'm I not talking about yeah. the uniform. I'm talking yeah, about some yeah, of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly hope so. You know, that, that's yeah. what, that's what uh, you know, I mean, I got, you know, living in, living in Los Angeles and, and doing The Shield, you know, we were in every neighborhood in the city over the course of seven years. We were the cheapest show made on television. And, um, and, and no one, and we, we, we went on the air uh, four months after 9-11. You know, we were vilifying cops at a time when cops were running and saving people mm-hmm. uh, in, in the towers. And um, but over the course of that, what what we understood uh, was the city and 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 that there was going to be a conversation in this country uh, that centered on what are we willing to accept uh, as a society in pursuit of our own security. And we're still battling or still asking ourselves that question. Yeah. And, and with Justified, um, it was a chance to really really see the world from a, a rural point of view. And, um, and I, I feel uh, that, that, that people from rural America are often uh, stereotyped and, um, and, and cast uh, as uh, the village idiot, if you will, are certainly not as complex or complicated um, as people from urban areas in our country. And, um, you know, and it was very uh, important to me because some of the, uh, some of the brightest, funniest, most interesting people I've, I've ever met in my life uh, uh, come from rural America. Yeah, and um, and so and I, I know I that's been a theme of yours, and something that you you have never allowed yourself to be put in that position of playing the stereotyped Southerner. Not not, not once way. I had the once I had the power uh, to to do it my way. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, I think that that you you would be doing a disservice to to any community. Um, if, if you didn't do that, and I think the same thing for you know the transgender community with um, the, with Venus on Sons of Anarchy, which which I, I say all of that only as a long-winded way to answer your question. Um, while I am uh, Shane Vendrell on one level, I'm Boyd Crowder on another level. I am Venus in my heart on on, on a number of levels. Uh, I'm, I'm Lee Russell, you know, I guess, you know, I'm a, I'm a devious uh, person. I can be Machiavellian at times, very little, but uh, so, you know, there's, there's a part of that. And, and baby Billy Freeman, but, but um, you know, Wade Felton, the, the unicorn, is really, really close to who I am in my own life. Hmm. That, that's very similar to the relationship that I, that I have with my son um, and how I interface with my, my friends. And, um, and he's a person who is, he's funny, you know, but but he's also very earnest, yeah. And um, and he's uh, uh, and he's kind, and and he's and he's thoughtful, and uh, he has an aversion to 21st century technology, <laughs> and doesn't really know kind of his place in it, you know. Um, and is just trying to figure out life on a daily basis, and and that's very similar to to, to who I am. Yeah. Really, when there are no cameras on, or are there cameras on right now? <laughs> no, it's just you. And Wait me. a minute, what's happening? <laughs> you are you are you photograph? Are you guys videoing this? <laughs> just joking. But that the story itself is is a tricky one, uh, because what happened to Grady is not funny at all. No. Um, no. And our friend Jane died, his wife, mm-hmm. and then his friends came around and did our best to support 
great e-bike. Cooking what, what you're talking about is, is the unicorn is yes, based yes. On, a, um, on a on a man named Grady Cooper, yeah. uh, who who lost his wife to cancer and yeah. has two teenage daughters. Yeah. And um, and uh, Frank, you're you're friends with him, yeah. and as you said, you you knew Jane, yeah. his wife that yeah. passed away, and um, and so you saw firsthand how not funny yeah. that that is, um, but. I've suffered loss in my own life, yeah. and um, and when you really look at it, uh, like from a bird's eye view, and you're able to see the scope of pain, if you will, hmm. or learning how to live again, um, as, as difficult as that is, it is also chock full of absurdity and and laugh out loud moments where you just you can't comprehend that this is really this is happening. You know, you're thrust into this situation and you have no answers and your friends, uh, as well-intentioned as they are, are trying to give you those answers and probably too much advice all the time. Yeah. Uh, and you're just trying to have, you know, you're just trying to find your way. Yeah. And, and I think that that's universal, man. You know, I, I really do. I think that we are all, and I've said this in a couple of interviews, uh, vacillating between states of uh, either seeking comfort or giving comfort either needing advice or are giving advice. <clears throat> and, and we have all gone through uh, difficult periods in, in our lives, regardless of if, if, if you've lost a spouse, um, if you have an aging parent, if you've lost a job, if you've lost a pet, you know, uh, what, whatever that is, uh, I think that struggle uh, is, uh, uh, does, is not politically affiliated. You know, right. I, I think that it straddles uh, uh, both sides of any ideology, and it's it's really what unifies us. Mm. Uh, and if you look at someone for who they are, uh, and and they are going through a difficult time, then then that gives you a real opportunity to to uh, uh, have empathy for them, to empathize with their situation, and and that's hopefully what we're doing with the unicorn. Yeah, you know, yeah. we'll make you laugh, but you can bet, you know, there are moments that that you're gonna. It's going to look like your own life, mm. and, and, and it'll touch close to home. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to you about this a moment ago about uh, the fact that I'm a Quentin Tarantino fan. And to see you in Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight was just such a joy for me as a fan to see you, because I, I just imagined how excited <laughs> you must have been to, to be in these films. Yeah. Yeah. And, Take me through that process. How does Quentin Tar Tarantino say to you, hey, Walton Goggins, I want you to be in one of my films. I think yeah. you're, you're the kind of guy who should be in a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah, you know, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I, you, you, look, look, it's the golden ticket, isn't it, really? Uh, uh, not for what it can give you. That doesn't, it, it's already given me everything that could ever give me. If no one saw either one of those movies, I've already won the lottery, man, because I got to hang out with the guy, right? And uh, and to say and to say his words, um, but you know, in my <clears throat> in my particular case, um, you know, I've been around a long time. I've worked with a lot of different people, and um, and I I got sent uh, a, a copy of uh, Django, and you know, and I and I and I read it, and. Uh, and I, like everybody else that had the opportunity to read it, couldn't couldn't believe what what I was reading. And and I've been a fan and uh, of his from the very very beginning. And met him one time actually, right after um, Pulp, uh, with with Robert Duvall at a little small tango party in Venice. He didn't remember it. 
but I did. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, um, and so I called Robert Rodriguez, who's a, a friend of mine, and I said, Robert, man, please, please, you've got to send a text to Quentin. Please. And Because <laughs> and, uh, we had a pretty good relationship, and he said, okay, man, I'll do it. And he sent a text, and then Quentin texted him back, and he said, oh, I know Goggins. I've been a fan for a long time. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Like everybody else, with Quentin knows your name, you're like, he, he knows my name. What? Are you? And it's like, okay, well, then that's enough. But, uh, but you know, he, he, I met him at a, at a barbecue after that, and, um, and he said, you know, I want you to come in. Read. Pick four roles. And so I did, and I, I read those four roles, and, and at the end of this, you know, unbelievable 30-minute session, he said, man, what a pleasure. I'm so happy that you came in. And I said, I said, thank you, man, but I, I'm, I'm not leaving. <laughs> and he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read uh, Sam Jackson's role. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to read Leonardo's role. And at the time, Kevin Costner was playing this other role. I said, I'm going to read his role. I mean, I'm, I'm here in the room with you, man. And he said, really, you want to do that? I said, yeah, let's do it. And he said, okay. And then he played every other character in every one of these scenes. And I just kind of read these parts. Wow. Just because I wanted to, to read it, you know. And, um, and he, you know, celebrated that and, and, and allowed, gave me the opportunity to do that. And at the end of it, I said, man, I don't, this was it. This is all I needed. You know, if I never see you again in my life, thank you. I will never forget this. And uh, lo and behold, I got the role, you know. And, um, and then the rest is, uh, you know history, personal history. Right, right. You mentioned a moment ago standing at a junket and looking out at the city lights and, and having a moment of, wow, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. When you're on the set of a Tarantino film yeah. and you're with these mm-hmm. amazing actors yeah. and you're one of them, is there a moment of, is this it's, really me? You know, from the, from the, from the, the time you show up at call to the time you, you rap. You know, and and even in your sleep, and what's so, what's so interesting about it is, you know, certainly for, for someone like, one like me that that's on whatever level I, I'm on, I don't really think about uh, naming levels so much. But um, but it's the you know the people that we've grown up with. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I don't know Brad Pitt very, very well. I've met him a couple of times, but I would venture to say that even he's in awe of, of that experience. Certainly, Sam Jackson is every single time he goes to work. Kurt Russell is, Jennifer Jason Lee, all of Bruce Dern, you know, everybody, uh, every moment of the day realizes that they are experiencing something that, that will never happen again. Yeah. And that very few people have had the opportunity to experience. Mm. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It seemed like the perfect pairing to me because of what you've said in the past, and that is, I don't take a scene or a word for granted, and I think that Quentin Tarantino approaches every mm-hmm. piece that he does in the same way. Yeah. And of those amazing actors that you mentioned, mm. it seems to me that they're all sort of they all take that approach. Yeah, yeah. all of you who are yeah. in at a certain level approach it that way. You put yeah. in the work first. Well, I think you know what I think that it, that's what it is. I don't know. I mean, I, like again, you know, I hate to go back to this, but I've been doing this for thirty years, and and I for people like that have had a career path like mine the people that I, I look up to you know uh, it was just a, it was a solid stock it's like that's the stock you want to you want to invest in yeah because it never never went here and it never went here it was always just here you know so that mm. so that whenever you get to 
you know, a, a certain level of, of autonomy or, or a certain level of having the ability to express yourself creatively, you know, you're, you've earned the right to, 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 be, to be there. And not only, I would say that you know what to do with it, mm, mm. more importantly than earned the right. Got it. You know, because there's a lot of luck involved too, isn't there? But, uh, but you, you do know what to do with it. And, and at, at the end of the day, uh, the only recipe I would say for all of the people that you just mentioned, uh, including like, like Tony Hopkins or Robert Duvall, that, that um, uh, you know, uh, work hard, you know? I mean, there is no secret to working hard. You work harder than anybody else in the room. Yeah. And, um, and I can be accused of a lot of different things, but uh, not being prepared is not one of them, yeah. you know? It's interesting. You knew you were going to do this as a kid, mm, I right? Felt, I felt strongly about it. That uh, yeah, that you, that, that could have. You gone went into a casting. I did. Agent's office. Yeah, yeah. How, how old were you then? And, and this was in Georgia, was, right? Yeah, I was fourteen. I think, fourteen. I think maybe thir- thirteen. Maybe thirteen or fourteen. And you like just kind of cold called this. Yeah, casting yeah. person. Yeah, I looked her up in the in the yellow pages. Uh, there were yellow pages. That's the way people did. <laughs> what is the yellow pages? They were Walter. yellow, and they were right. pages <laughs> in a book with a whole lot of phone numbers, and right. it was very inconvenient. <laughs> it is. I mean, like with with the uh, advent of technology, let's just be honest. Googling is a lot easier than looking right. stuff up in the phone book. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. Uh, but I, yeah, I found this casting director, and uh, and she had an ad or what, whatever whatever I saw. And her name was Shay Griffin, and uh, and I just told my mom, I said, I need you to take me here. He said, Oh wow, uh, downtown. I said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's what's there? I said, This w- a woman. Her name is Shay Griffin, and she's a casting director. And I just need I need to meet her. Oh, okay. Did she know you're coming? No, no, no. <laughs> she has no idea. But we need to go. Okay. And she took me down, and uh, and I knocked on the door, and said the same thing to the receptionist and, uh, and I had the, the I, I don't know if I could say that anymore, I had the audacity, I suppose, yeah. uh, you know, to, to say to this assistant after he said the same thing, did, did she know that you're coming? No, and you don't have an appointment. No, but she'll want to see me, trust me. And, um, and then went in and just kind of sold her with uh, enthusiasm and belief, you know, really, yeah. you know, uh, you can believe in a lot of things, but I think the most important thing is to believe in yourself. Right. And that's all brought you to, to this location. Here we are yeah. at, at this point in your career, mm. and, and here we are in downtown L.A. Yeah. at Mulholland mm. Distilling. Yeah. And I want to yeah. know, first of all, what are you guys making here, and why did you decide to do this? Well, yeah, we, we make a whiskey, a gin, and a vodka um, uh, here at, at Mulholland Distilling. I, during the making of Justified, uh, we got to explore... Uh, uh, the dynamics of, of this community uh, in Harlan County, Kentucky, through the consumption of alcohol, and uh, specifically whiskey, and, um, and what bottle you opened for whom, and uh, what time of the day you were drinking, and what bottle you didn't open when you were drinking with someone. Across, the, uh, across uh, those six years, the consumption of alcohol told as much about that story and how people felt as anything else. Um, and, um, and, and, I, and I went down the road of maybe you know, getting involved in, in something like that, but it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel right to me. Mm. Uh, and, and my partner, who has been a friend for well over 20 years, uh, had a shift in his life and, uh, and said that he wanted to, to do this. And uh, a year into it, he showed me what he was doing. 
And I said, this I, I, I know what to do with um, because this I, I, I believe in. You know, I, I've lived my life on the road for, for these last 30 years. I've probably been on the road 18 out of those 30. And um, I enjoy and have enjoyed imbibing with people all over the world. And uh, to me, uh, a good cocktail, uh, the consumption of, of alcohol responsibly, uh, has always been a lubricant to vulnerability. Hmm. And uh, I, I like to make a good cocktail. Um, I like the, the look on the person's face that I'm giving it to. And, but more importantly, I like the conversation that happens afterwards. And that has always been very, very, very important to me hmm. as a person. Uh, and it's not something that I'm distant from. It's something that I practice often in, in my <laughs> life. You know, you're at your own location. Are you saying you drink a lot? Well, you know what? I drink a lot. Is that a fancy way of saying I like to drink a lot? Yeah, that's right. I don't know okay. if it's a, maybe it is a fancy way of saying, yeah, I like to have a cocktail in the evening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Certainly, like, what is the, how do you segue from your civilian, I mean, from your non, your civilian to your non-civilian life or your non-civilian to your civilian life? Right. You know, when I come home from work, I, I make a cocktail and I sit and I talk with my wife and I talk with my friends. Right. And um, and whether it's a, a glass of wine or a cocktail, that that's really important to me. Okay. And uh, and so it was uh, I don't have a face that's going to sell toothpaste, you know, <laughs> it might. maybe I love to be a lot of teeth, a lot of real estate. Uh, uh, Actually, to, that's yeah, the one that's product right. that it might sell. It might right, sell. Yeah. yeah. But I, but I, I can sell I can sell uh, alcohol. <laughs> uh, and I, because of, because of its story and and, uh, and my connection to it, Walton, congratulations! And it's it's been a pleasure to uh, to speak with you after all these years. Yeah. And uh, keep it going. Thank you so much, right. Frank. It's good to Great see you. To see you. All right. If you'd like to see my conversation with Walton at Mulholland Distilling and see some bonus interview material with company founder Matthew Alper, you can find it on YouTube. Just search for Frank Buckley Interviews Walton Goggins. If you'd like to comment on today's podcast, I hope you'll tag me on social media. I'm Frank Buckley TV on Twitter and on Instagram, and there's a Frank Buckley Facebook page as well. We drop a new podcast every Wednesday. Thanks for listening this week, and until next time, I'll see you on TV.